attention to you, but hello. I think I just did, didn't I? <laughs> We're so glad. All right. You'll let me know. Oh, guys. Presence is what we're going to talk about today. And you already know what's happening. David is bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. It was because, you know what that ark was? It was the supernatural blessing and protection for Israel. How would you like a blessing and protection? Wouldn't that be good? And David wanted it home, of course. And so, you know what they did? They set the ark of the covenant on a cart and they're bringing it home. And on the way, the oxen stumbles, and Uzzah reaches out his hand to stop the ark from tipping over, and he's struck dead instantly. David wasn't afraid of a bear. He wasn't afraid of a lion. He wasn't afraid of Goliath. But he was afraid of God at that point. And he just stopped right where it was, stopped the cart, not one other step. It was frozen right there. And he said, where can we take it? And they said, well, there's a, a Gittite. His name is Obed-Edom, and David knew who he was. He lives right near here. We can take it to his house. Now, Obed-Edom is minding his own business, and they come, and they say, we're going to bring the Ark of the Presence into your home. And it stayed there some months. And here's what the Bible tells us, that Obed-Edom and all his household received such blessings. There was a holy presence suddenly there with them that absolutely permeated the whole house. Can you imagine how different it would be with the presence of God suddenly in the house? And his family was changed. It says his household. And he was changed. And then David begins to hear about Obed-Edom's blessing, and he says, let's go get it. They're going to take another try. And, and then they came and took the ark from Obed-Edom's house. Now, Obed-Edom had had a taste of blessing. Uh, would you all allow me some flights of fan fancy while I just put some words in here, please, of what I thought he must have said or he must have felt? I can imagine him saying when they moved that ark out, oh, the emptiness in this home, the, the presence of the Lord is gone. I, I love the presence of Almighty God. It's, it's so vital to my family. And he just didn't want to live without it. How do we know that? Well, clues in the next chapter, the following verses here in the next chapter, bold clues. We don't find Obed-Edom anywhere in the Bible except in the parallel passages here between here and First Chronicles. And his name is mentioned over and over and over, and it's, it's fantastic. David is setting up the tabernacle, and of course he's just pitched a tent. And he said, okay, we're gonna need some volunteers. We need some people, and this is how he said it, who will thank and praise the Lord. Well, in First Chronicles 16, 4 and 5, there's a list of names. And one of those that was chosen was by the name of Obed-Edom. There he showed up, next to last in the list, but there he is. I'll do it. I could just imagine him saying that. I'd love to do that. They would say, who is that guy? Well, that's, that's the guy where the Ark of the Covenant was in his house for three months. And I can see him say, does that mean I get to be by the Ark of the Covenant? I'll do it. Okay, okay, you can be on the praise and thank team. And then David said, we're going to need some porters. Now, you can read all of this in, in First Chronicles uh, chapters 
15 and 16 and 17. You can read about this if you want to. A forwarder was somebody who cleaned up and took care of the details. First Chronicles 16, 37 and 38. There's his name again in the little list. He said, I'll do it. I'd love to do that. Does that mean I get to be around the presence of God? I'll, I'll volunteer for that. Uh, sir, you're already on the phrase and thank you, team. Yeah, but that's on Monday. I can do this on Tuesday. Okay, I'll bet he just calm down. Just calm down. And then now we need someone who will take a place in the choir. Well, there he is again, 15, 16, and 18. There's his name. I'll do it. I just love to praise him. Let me be in the choir. I don't care if I have a microphone. I don't need to sing it a solo. Just let me be in the choir. I want to be by his presence. He changed my family. You don't know what it is like to be affected by the God of Abraham. You take his presence for granted, but I know what it is to have it and then to live without it. I'll sing in the choir on Wednesday night and clean on Tuesday night and be on the Praise and Thank Committee on Monday night. Just let me stay close to the presence of God. Well, now we see First Chronicles 15, 21. We need somebody to play the harp. Play the harp. <laughs> I'll do it. There he is again. I'll do it. I'll play the harp. I imagine they said, do you know how to play the harp? And he might have, might have said, no, but I'll learn. I'll take five lessons a week. I'll do it. I'll do it. And there he is in the list of the harp players, Obed-Edom. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what joy was. I've got to be in the presence. Well, this is getting out of hand. <clears throat> he says, okay, folks, we need a doorkeeper. We need a volunteer. First Chronicles 15, 23 to 24. There he is, little short list. Obed-Edom, next to the last name. I'll do it. I'll be a doorkeeper for the ark. And that what it was, that's what it was called. Then I'll get to be absolutely in his presence. I've just got to be around it. I do not want to go to a church service where I'm looking at my watch wondering when I'm going to get out. I have experienced the presence and I want to be right here worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. Oh, that's neat. That's, that's a great story, but that's not the end. <laughs> God says, I've got four gates that lead to the temple. And, you know, if you've been to Israel and been to Jerusalem, you'll see the gates there. And this, these were appointed by God. They were chosen by God. First Chronicles 26, 14 and 15. There's a north, a south, an east, and a west gate. And they were going to choose who to keep these gates. They did it by lots. In other words, we would almost think like you'd put a bunch of names in a hat and draw them out. Now, all of these names, okay? So here, the, here they did. They pop, the Bible says it came time, and when the first name of the thousand was drawn, East Gate, Shelemiah, never heard that name before, first gate, or West Gate, Zechariah, Third Gate, North Gate, Shippam and Hosha. I don't know why they got two there, but they did. Fourth Gate was the most prestigious gate. It was the Southern Gate. Surprise. They pulled out the name of Obed-Edom. This was a sanctified drawing. God pulled his name out of the hat, so to speak. God is saying, if you knew how to take care of my house and your house, I trust you to take care of my house and my house. Well, here we are, 4,000 singers in the choir, and one in the second row is a wild-eyed guy singing his heart out by the name of Obed-Edom. 288 musicians playing harps. I guess he could have to play very well. There are 287 others. And they surrounded the Ark of the Covenant 24 hours a day. They were in teams of four shifts, playing his heart out. There's Obed-Edom. 4,000 gatekeepers and the chief gatekeeper of all of them. Guess what his name was? Obed-Edom. But we're not through. 
This is tremendous. The Bible has in First Chronicles 26, 4 through 8, Obed-Edom, and there's this chapter is almost devoted to him. I know there's a list of names there, but most of it is about Obed-Edom. He had eight sons, and those sons had sons and sons and sons. There was the name of 62 men in his family listed as descendants of Obed-Edom. And the scripture says all 62 were mighty men of valor. How would you like to have 62 descendants that were mighty of valor? 26, 8, not one son for generations were not followers of God. It said that. Where did that come from? His family encountered the presence of God so strongly that for generation, that family made God the center of their life. 26, 15, it says the lot for the storehouse fell to the sons of Obed-Edom. It's still going on. The lot fell. God chose them too. They had their daddy's zeal for the presence of God. And after listing his sons and sons and sons, sons, the scripture said the very thing it started with, for God blessed the house of Obed-Edom. There it is again. <laughs> Hezekiah. Now, this is a little far-fetched here, and I don't know this, but I could not help but add it because it's so amazing to me to think the possibility. Hezekiah restored the temple 240 years later. Okay, 240 years later. We are going to run into the single name for the last time of Obed-Edom, and it says this, 2 Chronicles 25, 24. He is listed as taking care of the gold and the silver and all the articles found in the temple of God. So I think it may well be that one of his great, 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 however many greats, because we never run into an old bed, eat them again. Grandsons, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take care of the precious things of God. We don't know how far our fervor for God will go. We don't know how far and what it could do with our families. Just let me be close to the presence of God. I'll be there. I'll be there. Let me be close to the presence of God. What does joyous praise, what does enthusiasm mean to the children of Christians who serve the Lord? Jesus said, I hate lukewarmness. You know why? It'll kill your kids. It will. But enthusiasm for the presence of God. Oh, my. What if God's presence was so real and so precious to you that everybody knew you like they knew Obed-Edom? What if it was so much inside of you that when they saw you, there she is. There's that follower of God. There's that one that loves Jesus so much she just can't contain it. She can't even act right. She loves him so much. Because we're living in a time when lukewarm Christianity has become for sure a curse. All right? A curse. The enemy loves our yawns. He loves that so many Christians slouch out of the doors of a church, resuming their everyday week stuff by giving God an occasional nod. We have to have more of the presence of God in our churches. Do you agree with me on that? His presence of worship when you walk in. We've got to take it home with us and have it in our house. We've got to fall in love with the presence of God. Your children will see. Your grandchildren will see. And if you are lukewarm, they'll know. Why should I bother? I've got enough busyness in my life. Why should I bother? It didn't matter a whole lot to mom. They just did it ritualistic. Once we encounter Jesus, the intent is that we carry the Holy Spirit everywhere in every situation, and we bring that presence into our homes, to our families. 
Come with me to the New Testament, to the New Covenant. Through the blood of Jesus after the New Covenant. Now, don't turn this off. We don't have to go to the tabernacle to be in the presence. No. We have available all the time what Obed-Edom had only three months of, the presence in his home, the Holy Spirit right in his house. Listen. The Holy Spirit is in you, which you have of God. It's in you. You have that presence all the time. That's the new covenant. The Old Testament people didn't have it. We have it. Why are we not rejoicing over the fact that I'm filled with God? I'm just filled with God. I'm filled with that spirit. I close with these amazing words that we have failed to grasp. Maybe we've even shunned them from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. But girls, I'm telling you, it says it. It says it. Paul asked a question. Like, he, he can't believe it. He can't believe it. He says, what? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, command, glorify your God with your body and with your spirit, because they're God's. Okay? <laughs> All right. That's a message to me. And I hope it is to you if we just understood how vital it is for our families that we're full of God. All right. We want to have a prayer this